and God is saying, don't quit now. Amen. Tell the person next to you, don't quit now. Amen. We're going to fight the fight. If I could tell you this morning where we're at prophetically, if you could look at your watch spiritually and say, where are we at, Pastor, in the time frame of eternity, in the time frame of biblical prophecy, we're in the fourth quarter. We're in the fourth quarter. We're, we're in the last run, and, and I've never been so sure about that in my life. And isn't it awesome to think that of all the thousands of genera- years of gen- these generations before us where people have come and gone and gone to their grave looking for the return of Christ, that we are the generation that is going to see Jesus part the skies and come back for his church. Is anybody excited to know that we're in that generation? We're the ones that are going to hear the trumpet sound. Amen? And so as you watch that video, anybody that wants that video, just let me know, man. We, we, we need to pump ourselves up to, to keep fighting. We did it in sports. How much more should we do it for God? Pump ourselves up to not quit and understand that we're in the fourth quarter. If you were ever going to quit, you should have quit before. I like what it said. I can't quit now. Does anybody in here have some sweat equity in their life? Prayer equity in their life. You know what equity is, right? Something that's built up of value. I've got a lot of prayer equity and a lot of sweat equity and a lot of time equity, and I'm not going to quit now. I'm going to get better in the fourth quarter. I'm going to get better this morning in the fourth quarter. Now, when you play sports, I played sports all my life. I played four sports at one time and then narrowed down to two in high school, and then I finally chose basketball played professionally, played in college, all that stuff. But I know that what I always wanted to do was start. I always wanted to hear the coach say, the starter is, and I'm on the starting team. How many know when you play sports, you want to start? If you don't, then you should have. <laughs> Amen. You were, just, you were just happy with just being in the game. But if you really, really like sports, you wanted to start. But even though I was a starter, all my life and all my sports, my pro career, near the end when I was getting old, I came off the bench and it was a different role, but I wanted to be in the game in the fourth quarter. If you, if you started, that's great. But there's some people who start the game, and in the fourth quarter, in the last five minutes, when the game's tight and it could go either way, I want to be in that team that's in the game at that time. That, and, that's, and I want to tell you something, whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, today, right now, in the spiritual realm, God has chosen us to be in the game in the fourth quarter of this, of this fight for eternity. Amen? Is that powerful to think about? You and I are in the fourth quarter right now. And, and, and you might think, man, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm telling you, you're here. You're hearing the gospel. God has chosen this generation to be his fourth quarter team. Look around and say, this is it. This is our team. Amen. This is what God has chosen. Listen to this. This is the truth. The difference many times between winning and losing is not quitting. Simply not quitting. And I'm telling you, I'm speaking to some people this morning, hopefully speaking to some people online that are listening and saying, you know what, I've thought about quitting. It's it's okay to think about quitting. Everybody in here has thought about quitting at some point in their life, but there's a difference between thinking about it and doing it. Amen? And I'm telling you, if you were going to quit, you should have quit before. It's too late now. It's the fourth quarter. Championships are won in the fourth quarter. You know, I wanted to say this at a conference when I preached over there, but I couldn't because I was in Colorado. And the NBA just, just uh, season just ended, and the Denver Nuggets, and I was rooting for them too, they, they, they came back in two series. So best of seven, you've got to win four games. They were down three to one, 
in the second round of the playoffs, and they came back and won three games in a row to advance to the, to this, uh, to the conference finals, or the Western Conference finals. Then they did it again, and they found, but beat another team. Sorry, that was the first round, second round to get to the third round. Anyways, twice in a row, they won three, down three to one, they won three games in a row to win the series. They just, and that was the first time in NBA history that two, a team had ever done it twice in two series in one playoffs. But then they ran into my Los Angeles Lakers, and they lost. Pastor Mario. <laughs> and, and if anybody doesn't know, I've been, if everybody knows me, actually, I've been a Lakers fan since I was very small. So it was good for me to finally win that. Listen to this, though. Here's, we, how many know we got a lot of reasons to quit? There's a lot of reasons we could quit. Quit the ministry. Quit God. Quit serving the Lord. 1,400 ministers a month are quitting the ministry in the United States. 1,400 a month. And over 4,000 churches are closing down a month in the United States today. So a lot of people are quitting. But how many know we're not going to be those people? We're not going to quit. Amen? We're going to keep going. We're going to keep serving God. Let's look at some verses. Philippians chapter 3. Watch this. Verses 12 to 14. Not that I have already attained. See, we haven't got there yet, but we're in the fight. He says, not that I've already attained or that I'm already perfected. How many know we're not going to be perfected until we're standing before God? But he says, but I press on. This is my encouragement to you this morning, church, that we press on, that we keep going. It may be fast, it may be slow, but just go. Amen? Don't go backwards. Go forwards. Press on. He says, that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. When I think about 1,400 ministers quitting the ministry, listen, I don't, I'm not saying that they backslid and are going to hell. I don't know where their hearts are, but it's sad to me to think about people quitting and giving up on what God has for their lives, especially now. Like I said, why would you quit in the fourth quarter? It, it would be like being in the t- on, the t- in the t- on the team and being in the the. the um, the, the sideline when the coach is talking in the huddle and it's five minutes left in the game and the coach says, I'm putting you in. I want you to go play right now for these last five minutes and you get up and quit right in the last quarter. That's what it's like to quit right now. Why would you play all those quarters? Why would you go to all those practices? Why would you put in all that sweat to quit at the end of the game? That's where we're standing today as the church in the kingdom of God. We're right there at the end of the fourth quarter. And at any moment, this thing's going to be over. And I just got news for you. If you haven't gotten excited yet this morning, we're going to win. We're going to win. It's a fixed fight. We're going to win. All you got to do is stay in this fight. So he says, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended. Or one thing I do, though, understand, he says, is forgetting those things which are behind. Victories and losses. And reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Amen? I press towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Does anybody realize in here what a privilege it is to be called by God? To say that God knows your name this morning. That he loves you and he has a plan for you. So I want you to tell the person next to you, he's talking to me. I want you to make it personal. Usually I tell you, tell him he's talking to you, but I want you to tell the person next to you, he is talking to me. Make it personal. You know why I'm doing this? Because you matter this morning. You personally matter. You, the one I'm, okay, talk, stop and just come to every single one of you. Look at your eyes and tell you. How many know that God has a, a global plan to save the whole world? And that his word says that he doesn't want anybody to perish. 
He wants everyone to come to repentance, and he wants everyone to be saved. He shed his blood on that cross for everyone. So we know that that's a fact, that God wants everyone to be saved. But I want to go a step further. And I want to tell you, as, more, as deeply concerned as he is about the world being saved, he is more concerned about you personally. You personally. You personally. You know what the Bible tells you? If you don't believe me, watch what the Bible says in Matthew 18. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek what? You. To seek you. Talking to you personally. He, is, he, he would leave everything. I, I've said this before. I didn't invent the quote, but I believe with all my heart. If, if Jesus had to come back down to this earth to die again for you yourself personally, he would do it. How many believe that this morning? That he would leave glory again this morning. and He would come down and he would die all over again for you if he had to. Personally. For one person. For one person. But he doesn't have to, praise God. He already did it. When he stood on that cross and he said it is finished, it was finished. Amen. It was finished. The work is done. It's done. Now we just have to listen to, the, to our coach that says, I'll leave the 99 and I'll go after you. That one that is straying. Today we would tie it in to say that one who is quitting. Or that one who's thinking about quitting. Or that one who's got one door in, one foot in the door and one out. He's after you this morning. He's speaking to you this morning. He's telling you this morning, I need you. Look what it says in the next verse. And if he should find it, assuredly, when you see that word assuredly in the Bible, that means take it to the bank. He says, I say to you, he rejoices more over that one sheep, that's you, than the 99 that did not go astray. So what that means, church, is, is when, when, you're, when you're pumping up, I've coached, I've been, I've been on the bench, and I've been a coach. I coached for three years, high school in the last five years, and it was a cool opportunity. I've been on both sides. When you're coaching, you're not, you're not having to coach the people who, who don't need motivation. The, the ones that, there's, there's people that are self-motivated. They're, 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 put me in, coach. Put me in. I'm ready. I practice for this. I, but the coach is always talking to the Ones that need a little kick in the butt, that need a little motivation, that need to be pushed a little bit, that need to be reminded that they can do it, that need to be reminded we can win this game. They need a little bit of pushing, amen? And so when you think about that, I want you to think about this. Failure does not come from falling down. You understand that this morning? Failure does not come from falling down. Failure comes from not getting up. You're going to fall. In sports, in life, in your walk, you're going to fall. If you try to go through this thing and think, man, if I ever fall, I'll just quit. You're going to fall. We're all going to make mistakes. The Bible even says we're all going to fall short. Amen? But if you get back up, you haven't failed. So God needs you. Talking to you personally, God needs you. And what he's saying this morning as your coach, and I'm just being his his, his mouth this morning, he's telling his people, he's telling all of you individually, I need you to get back in the game. 
I need you to get back in the game. I can't have you on the sidelines anymore. You, you mean too much to me. You have too much value. I died on the cross for your sins. I just need you to get back in the game. Amen? How many will get back in the game this morning and let God use you this morning? The devil, though, he wants us to think it's too late. You've messed up too many times. You've made too many mistakes. You're out. Well, church, we live in a we live in a, in a kingdom of God where God won't kick us out as long as we're willing to stay in. He wants us there. He'll be patient with us. And as that said, he'll go after those 99, and he will rejoice more over them that did not go astray. Now look at the verse 14. And even so, it is the will of your Father, who is in heaven, that not one of these little ones should perish. Amen? So, so if you fall down, you get back up. Now, I want you to look at Romans chapter 11, if you don't believe me, if you don't believe what, what the words of, the, of God are. Let's look at the wor- some more words of God. God has not cast us out. You might think, man, I've done too much. I've gone too far. I've failed too much. I've quit too many times. By the time this is over, you're going to realize that even if you've quit, you can get back in the game. Even if you've thrown in the towel, you can get back in the game. He says, God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know the scripture, it says of Elijah, how he pleaded with God against Israel. And watch this attitude that, that, that Elijah had. Lord, I have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I want to leave this verse up for a second because th- there's a time in our lives when we begin to get so frustrated with what we see in this world that we begin to wonder where God is. Where's God? Where are you, God? In all this madness, and all this craziness in our world, where are you? Elijah was feeling that way. He's a mighty man of God. As a man who had seen some amazing miracles. Okay? He says, they've killed your prophets, they've torn down your altars. I alone am left. Has anybody ever felt like you were alone? Like you were the only one. Maybe you were the only one fighting, or maybe you were the only one that made those mistakes. However it was, you felt isolated and you felt alone. That's the devil's plan. The devil's plan is isolation. The devil's plan is to get you on an island. The devil's plan is to get you alone so he can make you feel like there's nobody around. And Elijah felt like that. He said, I'm alone, I alone am left, and they seek my life. But watch what God answers. He says, no. What what does the divine, I love this, what does the divine response say to him does anybody in here need a divine response this morning how many want a response from the divine this morning not a response from a person god's got a divine answer and he says what does the divine say god says i have reserved for myself seven thousand men who have not bowed their knee to baal That means there's some people in here this morning that even though it seems like we've lost the battle, God's got some people in this place this morning. He says, I've got them reserved for the fourth quarter, and it's time for them to stand up and rise up and preach and go and do and be the the kingdom of God he's called us to be in the fourth quarter. He said, I've got people all over this place I'm going to use. I've reserved them for this time. Now I'm going to say this again in case you didn't catch it. Do you realize out of the hundreds of millions and billions of people that have lived since Jesus came out of that grave, he chose this, this generation. He chose us to be alive right now. Of all the people, that should make you feel special. 
when you don't feel special, when you feel like you're nobody, when you feel like you've made mistakes, you need to realize God put you on this earth in the fourth quarter. So what are you going to do with it? You're going to fight. You're going to go forward. You're going to answer the call. You're going to quit. Crawling is acceptable. Falling is acceptable. Puking is acceptable. Crying is acceptable. Blood is acceptable. Pain is acceptable. The only thing that's not acceptable is quitting. Tell a person next to you, we ain't quitting. I know that's Texas English. We ain't quitting. We ain't quitting, y'all. Anybody in here like fried chicken? I, I, I usually would raise my hand, but believe it or not, I'm not a humongous, I love chicken and I love food. I'm not a humongous fried chicken person, and I'm thankful that I don't really like fried food. I'll eat it. Take me to babes and I'll eat it. But I'm not a huge fan of fried chicken, and so I thank the Lord for that because I'm a fan of just about everything else. So if I liked fried food too, it would be, it'd be worse for my body. I like sweets and everything else. But if I, if, I'm like, what's the, if, I don't, I don't do this a lot, but if I do, I would eat fried, I would eat Kentucky fried chicken. KFC. I like that original recipe, chicken. KFC was started by who? Colonel Sanders. And I want to give you some examples this morning of some people. You know, we look at people who are successful. We think, man, they just had it all together. There was just a path laid out for them. We see their success. Colonel Sanders was fired from a variety of jobs throughout his career before he ever started cooking chicken in his roadside shell service gas station in 1930 when he was 40 years old and during the Great Depression. Talk about a bad time to start a business. His, his gas station didn't even have a restaurant. And so he would sell his plates of his secret recipe that he worked on for 10 years and perfected out of pressure fryer cooking method. He would sell it to people that would come to his house that was attached to the gas station. Then he began to move on to bigger locations. His chicken was so good that at one time it was praised even in the media by the food critic Duncan Hines, the real Duncan Hines. However, the interstate was made right through Kentucky where the colonel's restaurant was located in the 1950s and took away major road traffic from him. And in his, in, in his 50s, the colonel was forced to close his business and retire. So that would have been the end of KFC. Matter of fact, we would have never known about KFC. But worried about how he was going to survive off his meager $105 a month pension, he set out to find some restaurants that would franchise his secret recipe. He wanted a nickel for each piece of chicken he sold. He drove around sleeping in his car and, listen to this, was rejected more than 1,000 times before he found someone who would sell his secret recipe and make it what it is today. How many would have stopped it 100 times? 500 times? 800 times, 999 times. But Colonel Sanders kept selling and kept going, and he wouldn't quit. So today we see KFC all around the world, one of the biggest franchises in the world. Why? Because Colonel Sanders didn't quit. Who's ever heard of Henry Ford? Ford Motor Company. Ford left his long-term, comfortable job in 1889, listen to this, to establish the Detroit Automobile Company. Anybody ever heard of that company? 
with $150,000 of investors' money. A little over a year later, bankrupt. Somehow, his investors still had faith in Henry Ford, and they invested again in the Henry Ford Company in 1901. That company went bankrupt as well. How many people would invest in that company again? Well, those people for a third time, because he asked, invested in the Ford Motor Company. In 1903, five years later, that company became a success with the release of the Model T and the invention of the assembly line. What if, what if Henry Ford would have quit after the first bankruptcy? How many have ever heard of Fred Astaire? Even if you're old, if you're younger, he was a famous singer and actor and dancer. Fred Astaire was in a lot of movies. And he was told at his first screen test, can't act, can't sing, slightly bald, not handsome, can dance a little. That's what was told to him at his first screen test. So knowing that he became famous now, when he became famous and when he bought his first Beverly Hills mansion, he wrote on a piece of paper, can't act, can't sing, slightly bald, not handsome, can dance a little. And he put it on the mirror of his Beverly Hills mansion to remind him to never take no for an answer. How many know we need to put some reminders up on some mirrors? I'm not going to quit. God's called me to do something. God's called me to share the gospel. I'm, I'm staying in this until I hear the trumpet sound or till I breathe my last breath, somebody. Come on. How many are going to stay in this till the end? How many fighters do I have in here? We're not going to quit. There's no quit in us. We're going to stay in this. Amen. What if your only talent was this? What if you could say, I don't have a lot of talents or abilities, but my one talent that I have is I don't quit. Think about Rocky Balboa. Think about the fights in Rocky. Did, is anybody like me, did you ever walk out of a Rocky movie looking for a fight? I would walk out of a Rocky movie and just, just want to go punch somebody and fight somebody. You just, dun, 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 you know, just get out. You just, this. But Rocky, he just, he just stayed, he just wasn't a quitter. He, he didn't really have a lot of the skills. That, he just, he just, hey, yo, Adrian. You know, he wanted to go see his wife after the fight. He's like, I'm going to go see her alive. Sometimes he looked like he was dead, but he, did, he had a fight in him. You're saying, oh, it's just a movie. That's one of the most famous movies ever based on true life, right? Rocky, Rocky, was, Rocky was a man who fought. He's got a statue. But he just, he, just, he just swung and swung and swung until he hit something. Amen. And he just kept winning because he wouldn't quit. How about Babe Ruth? You ever heard of that guy? Not Baby Ruth. That's a good, that's a good candidate. Babe Ruth. One of the greatest home run hitters ever. Which I heard this morning after the first service. Gave his life to the Lord on his deathbed. Praise God. Although you shouldn't wait till your deathbed. Well, Babe Ruth would get up and he would, he would swing that big old left-handed bat. And he, when he hit a home run, man, it went so far you couldn't see it. But every time he, for every time he hit a home run, twice that he went up, he struck out. And, and he also holds the record for the most strikeouts in Major League history. But see, we, only know, we don't know him for that, do we? We don't know Babe Ruth. For, we don't know him for the, being the strikeout leader. When you hear Babe Ruth, you hear home runs. How would you like to live a life to this morning where when people say your name, they don't talk about the strikeouts, they talk about the home runs. 
Amen? That's what I want, my, I want, I want people to realize. I struck out. I missed. I missed a lot. But, and they said, babe, how did, how did you hit so many home runs? He said, I just got up there and swung. And I just kept swinging until I hit the ball. And I knew if I kept swinging, eventually that ball was going to go out of the park again. Some of us here this morning, we don't, it, Paul said, I haven't apprehended everything. I don't understand everything. Paul, God's saying, I don't need you to understand everything. Just stay in the game. Just pray. Just read your Bible. Just witness. Just come to church. Just stay in love with me. Just do what you're supposed to do, and I'll help you hit home runs. How about Walt Disney? You ever heard of that guy? I've, I've told my wife a, a bunch of times, I, I wish I could sit down. I could have sat down with that man for 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Business mind. Cr- creative. Amazing. I'm not talking about what Disney is today. I'm not talking about all the problems they have. I'm talking about what it was started. He was a man of excellence. We talked to, in our ministry meeting last night about excellence. Excellence is an attitude. And my dad told me that when they opened up uh, Disneyland in California the very first day, tons of people came in. And Di- Walt Disney was walking through the park, and he saw some lights that were out of place. And he stopped and told everyone they had to leave. And he said, I'll give you your tickets to come back tomorrow, but you can't stay. And he closed the whole park down because of one little area that didn't look right. That's excellence. Well, how many know that Walt Disney was fired from his very first newspaper job? That, get this, for a lack of creativity. See, we think about Disney today, and we think about Star Wars. I mean, the empire that is Disney started because a man was fired for creativity and could have quit. You think of, it blew me away when you think about what, he, what his things that he dreamed about have become. He invented a roller coaster in the 60s that is still cool in 2020. For reals, Space Mountain. It's still one of the best rides in the world. And it's super old. But he had the, he had the, the creativity to say, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to make this happen. And his thing was all about legacy, leaving things behind that are going to last. How many want to leave some things behind this morning that are going to last forever, amen, until Jesus comes back? Things that are going to last. So with God, it's even greater. Then he started his first animation company in 1921, and that went bankrupt. Listen to this. He ended up eating dog food, literally, for food. Some of us might have had it bad in here, but I don't know if we've ever eaten dog food. He was living off of dog food. And because of that, he kept, he stayed alive, and he started that first animation company, went bankrupt, started another one, went bankrupt, started several more, until he finally became successful and invented that thing called Mickey Mouse. See, we know Walt Disney for Mickey Mouse, but how many pictures did he draw that didn't make it? Because he didn't quit, he kept going, and he kept going, and he kept going. I want to end with this this morning. As the musicians begin to come, Philippians 1.6, I've got good news for you. Let me know we're talking about the good news this morning. Here's good news. Well, I don't have the talent. I don't have the ability. I don't, I, I don't know if I can do this. Well, you need to start taking yourself out of the equation and putting God in. Look what God says. Being, see, in the gospel, we, God wants us to be humble, and we should be. Humility is key. But in this one thing right here, you can be confident. Being confident of this very thing, that he, God, who has begun a good work in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He will complete it. 
You, you start, God will finish it. So we can be confident this morning that if we just stay in love with God, keep our eyes on the Lord, keep our eyes focused on Jesus, He will finish the work. How many know that there's, there's two things God cannot do? He cannot lie, and He cannot fail. And so if He says, I will finish the work that I've begun in you, you know what He's telling us? Just stay in the race. Amen? I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to shut up, and I'm not going to let up until I'm taken up. Amen? How many will have that kind of attitude? And how many could say this morning, I'm just getting warmed up? Come on, how many could say, I'm just getting warmed up this morning? I'm just getting started. Amen? Let's go. Let's fight this fight. Let's walk this walk. Let's be the church. We've got what it takes. At our ministry meeting last night, we said, we've got what it takes to see Denton saved. We've got what it takes to see a revival. Everything we need to see a move of God is right here. All we need to do is not quit. I want to end with this thought. In, in boxing, what does this mean right here? Everybody knows it, don't they? Throw in the towel. When you grab that white towel and you throw it down to the ground, what are you doing? You're admitting defeat. You're saying, I can't beat this person in front of me. It's an admitting of defeat. Many Christians, maybe some in here this morning, have thrown in the towel. You've thrown in the towel. You've given up. You've quit. You might be here physically. You might be watching online. You might believe in God and love God, but you've quit on yourself. Got too much faith in yourself, for one. You need to get back on God. It's the fourth quarter. Don't throw in the towel now. What God wants us to do, if we've thrown in that towel, is pick it up. Pick that towel back up. As long as that towel, watch this. When the towel's on the ground, you've lost. Right? Once you've let it to the ground, you've lost. But when that towel's in your hand, it means you have not admitted defeat. You might be taking blows left and right. The towel might be full of blood. But as long as you have the towel in your hand... Many of the guys here have heard me say this for years. As long as you keep the towel in your hand, you can't lose. Just got to keep the towel in your hand and not admit defeat. Put that graphic back up if you would for a second. I want you to see, you, you might be somewhere in there. I don't know where you're at, front, begin, middle, end, doesn't matter. Just be in the race. Just be in it. Keep the towel in your hand. And what I want to challenge you to do this morning is when you feel like quitting, when you feel like throwing that towel in, Instead of throwing it down and quitting and admitting defeat, grab it and wipe the sweat off and keep working and keep fighting. Wipe that sweat off and keep fighting. Keep praying. Keep reading the Bible. Keep passing out tracts. Keep telling people about the Lord. Keep keeping your heart pure. When you want to quit, instead of doing this, do this. Tell the devil, nope, I'm not giving up. Amen. Bow your heads this morning, please. Close your eyes. Father, all across this place, you're touching hearts. You're ministering to us. You're speaking to us. You're challenging us. Don't quit. It's the fourth quarter. We've been chosen for such a time as this. The time is now. Father, in this place, there are, there are some people who maybe want to be on the team. 
but they've never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. There's people that might be watching online, they've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. God can't put you in the game. You can't be in the game until you accept Christ. Until you say, you're, you're my coach, God. You're my master. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. And then He puts you in the game. And then He takes over. But you've got to give Jesus your life. How many in this place this morning have never made a prayer of salvation? Never admitted that you're a sinner? Never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And you want to do that this morning? How many could lift your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Just put it up and put it right back down. All over this place. That's me. You're talking to me. I've never, don't wait for somebody else to do it. I'm talking to you. Do you know Jesus as Lord and Savior? Have you been born again? Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? If you passed into eternity today, if you breathed your last breath, do you know where you'll go? Oh, I'm a good person. That's not good enough. Well, I've made too many mistakes. That's not true. Your salvation is not based on how good or bad you are. Your salvation is based on what Jesus did on the cross. And the Bible says if you will confess him before man, he will confess you before your Father that's in heaven. I'm going to wait just a moment. How many more? I need Jesus this morning. Just put your hand up. God bless you. How many more? How many more? I need Jesus. Maybe you're here and you're backslidden. Meaning at some point in your life, you gave Jesus lordship and you said, Jesus, I want you to change my life. But today, you're, out, you're not on the team. Not because God doesn't want you on the team, because you quit. You walked away. You turned in your uniform. Today, God is saying, I'll give you your uniform back. I'll give you your, 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 I'll give you your towel back if you just call on me. I'll go after you, the one. I'll leave the 99. I'll go after you. How many can say, that's me, I need to come back to the Lord this morning. Just lift your hand up, put it back down, all over. God bless you, sir, I see your hand. God bless you, sir. How many more? I need to come back. Let's stand to our feet and please stay in this attitude of reverence because the Holy Spirit is working on hearts. I want to do one more thing, and then we're going to do a second thing. But I want to pray for you this morning. If you raised your hand, there's some that are online, I believe, that are going to say this prayer with us as well. I'm very adamant about making a public confession of our faith because of the verse I just quoted. Jesus said, if you will confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. But he says, if you deny me before men, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. We've got to understand, when we stand before God one day, God's going to say to his Son, do you know him? And Jesus will say, yes or no. His name's in the book or his name's not in the book? I confess Jesus. Give me a microphone at Cowboy Stadium today and I'll confess Jesus. Give me a microphone on TV, I'll confess Jesus. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. He's everything to me. If you can't make a statement for Jesus here, you're not going to be able to live for him outside of these four walls. So if you raised your hand, I want to ask you to do something bold. I want to ask you to step out of your seat to the nearest aisle and come down here. I want to pray for you. Several hands went up. Just step out. Don't wait for anybody else. Just come. Just come down. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know you need to come. Maybe you're watching online. Stand up at your house. Come on up here, buddy. Amen. Stand at your house. Just stay facing me. Amen. Maybe you're watching online. Stand up at, off your couch. Watching on phone. Stop at work for a second and let's say this prayer. Amen. Let's all say this prayer together this morning. Amen.
If we open this church just for you two guys to come forward this morning, everything we did was worth it. You're the one. You're the one. You're worth it. Jesus has a plan for both of you. Powerful plan. Jesus has a plan for those watching online right now that, that maybe aren't here but they're li- or listening to the podcast. Let's say this prayer. Let's understand that this, this is everything today. Because every person that makes that decision is somebody who could change the world. Change your neighborhood. Change your family. Amen? Jesus said, come and follow me. He said, lay down your life and I'll give you a better one. 28 years ago, I laid my life down. I've never regretted one day. It's the greatest thing you'll ever do in your life. And you're going to feel something inside of you right now when we pray because the Bible says that your spirit that lives in you is going to bear witness that you're a child of God. And you're going to ask God to forgive you and the Bible says he's going to forgive everything you've ever done. Everything. So if they were to go back and try to, look, look, he did. No, God said, I don't even see it. White as snow. Let's say this together. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your grace and your forgiveness. Jesus, I believe with all my heart and I confess with my mouth, you are Lord. You're the way, the truth, and the life. You're the way I get to heaven. You're the way I get to the Father. Because of your death on the cross for me, you shed your blood to forgive me of all my sins. I'm supposed to die, but you took my place. Father, thank you for forgiving me. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise. The Bible says they're having a party right now in heaven. And the angels are rejoicing over you two making this prayer. And those of you online this morning. Amen. If you'll just stay right here for a second. We're going to go offline. I want to speak to you one more second. Just give me five seconds. This is, there was an old movie.